All right, welcome back to On Shuffle Podcast. I'm Daniel with Matthew here. Um, got another really good one. Um, we had some homework. Matthew gave us our homework. Uh, listened to uh, one of our all-time favorite artists. No, I'm just joking. Uh, we had to listen to Doja Cat. That's right, right. Doja, mm-hmm. yeah, Doja Cat. Doja Cat, yeah. Which um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew. Neither one of us know anything about uh, going into as far as uh, yeah, the music. Well, besides their recent news, R- yes, she has been on the news quite a bit. Yes. But, um, uh, other than that. Other than that. And I, I can tell you why she's been in the news. She's been in the news because Matthew brought her up. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, every time we uh, have one like this, uh, for some reason they get in the news. Now, I know this is a little bit easier because she's main, 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 mainstream right now. Yeah, but um, But anyways, I, uh, so I've heard the name just because I do use social media. I've not heard anything at all uh, until actually today uh, when I did my homework and listened to her. Uh, but and we're, we're going to dig deep into that, but I, I'll say this real fast. Two things, uh, our main topic after that, uh, this is the Chris Cornell podcast. Yeah. So please stick with us to the Doja Cat because I promise you it'll be <laughs> worth it. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we've been wanting to do one of these for a while, a uh, whole podcast dedicated to, uh, you know, appreciating an artist, a group, um, someone's music, and this is the one, our first one. It's going to be on Chris Cornell, so really excited for that. Uh, and before I turn it over to Matthew uh, with the Doja Cat, I'll say this. This has been our biggest uh, two weeks as far as streams. Um, we, we've had a, a you know really, really uh, good couple weeks, our best since we've been doing this podcast over the almost year, and I really want to thank you guys for that. Um, it's uh I thought that the, I, I I woke up one day last week. I was on the road with in for work. I was in a hotel room, and sometimes I don't really look much, but sometimes I'll skim through and just see uh, if we've had any new uh, listens over the night or whatever. And I I was like, "There's something wrong. There's no way we had this many listens because uh, you know it, it. We went up big time one day. It was the most listens we've had, and it was probably by." Uh, 300%. Um, so I, I can't thank you enough. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing it as long as you keep listening. Hell, we'll do it if you're not. But, um, but you know, anyways, I wanted to get that off my chest. Like I said, the Chris Cornell episode, we're going to start with a little bit of Doja Cat. So Matthew, what do you got for me? Yeah, so uh, I figured we better uh, start uh, incorporating some uh, history as far as these artists' history into mm-hmm. the our uh, conversation so uh, doja cat her real name um it's gonna be hard to pronounce uh amala delamini <laughs> goes by doja cat she's from la born in 95 um so born and raised in la she began making and releasing music on soundcloud um her her i guess her first hit song was so high and she signed a record deal when she was 17 and her first uh first ep was in 2014 um so just kind of read over some of her success there so uh yes the doja cat um she's someone that i guess we both definitely have heard of yeah you got to this day and age yeah we definitely heard of her um other and listening to some of her music uh i recognize her music from uh tiktok or you know social media um so some of some of her songs were uh just um you know they're, they're they're viral, I guess. So um, I can't know the names of all of them off the top of my head. Yeah, 
But uh, but yeah, we definitely uh, you definitely heard of some of her songs. So we have two. You know, there's at least two I know mm-hmm. that we um, that that we both recognized. Um, so yeah, so I'll start I guess, as far as opinions go. Sure, go for um, it. Of course, again, someone that okay, say so. Sorry, I, I pulled it up here. Say so, uh, which is kind of the discoy seventies. It's all, it's all over TikTok yeah, and social yeah, yeah. media. So that one's one of them. And um, get into it. Get into it. Get into it. Yeah. So so uh, two of our songs are that were viral. Um, my first impressions was that her music is actually pretty accessible. Because um, I think we were listening to I think I don't know if it was last week or um, a couple weeks a couple pods ago I'll say maybe listen to Future. Which, um, it might just be because we, uh, I guess we don't necessarily listen to that music a whole lot, but I just found his music to be kind of hard to get into, uh, as far as coming to access, uh, as, uh, come, I guess coming, coming into it from where I am now. Sure. Um, I know, you know, obviously he's a huge artist, so I know, um, you know, uh, he has a lot, he has a large fan base, so probably in the, in the younger region, younger age ranges, um, so uh, yeah, so he was kind of hard to get into, but her music was actually, I, f- I felt it was it kind of leaned more pop, hip hop, R and B. But yeah, like her music was pretty easy to get into. Um, I couldn't necessarily say that there was much of. Um, I guess there's. I like say so, um, and then I think a friend of ours a few weeks ago actually on the Fourth of July showed us. Uh, um, she did like a rockish song. She did like a rock version of one of her own songs. That's the, I can't remember, remember it now, but um, it was it wasn't half bad. It's pretty good. Um, and I think with her, um, I said I, I don't. I ain't gonna. I guess we shouldn't necessarily comment on her uh, recent line of uh, controversies. But um, but just music wise, um, there wasn't a whole lot I liked. But, but then, then again, she's someone that I could maybe see myself getting into if I listened to her more or like just gave her listen to more of her catalog, I guess. Um, yes, the music wise, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was like I said, it was actually pretty pretty decent. I just yeah. I guess I just didn't have a whole lot of listen to listen time, which is obviously my my fault. Yeah. Okay. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. I expected nothing. I was very. I don't know why, Matthew. I think her the name drives me crazy. <laughs> The yeah. uh, Doja Cat, um, to me, I don't know why, and, and uh, this is just my opinion. It's it is um, it is hip hop AF to me. Like uh, when mm. I hear Doja Cat, um, I, I'm thinking for whatever reason, my mind goes very hip hop, and I was expecting another female hip hop artist. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm not, and I'm not sexist at all. I mean, everybody has their preferences. It, uh, for whatever reason, when it comes to rock and roll and uh, hip hop, uh, I love a good country um, uh, female artist singer. Uh, but when it comes to hip hop or uh, rock, I, I I tend not to favor the the female singers as much. So I guess uh, in my mind, I'm already thinking, okay, I'm not big into hip hop these days. Uh, a B uh, is a female hip hop artist, so this isn't going to work for me at all. And um, I uh, did had no expectations. I turned it on today, and the first, um, I guess probably the first three songs I listened to were all pop uh, yeah, and fine. very catchy. Yeah, that's uh, what I noticed. Yeah, very very catchy. And 
And my first thought is kind of what you alluded to a while ago. I was like, you know, first couple songs, like, man, I've heard both of these songs all over TikTok. Um, And I'm not a, and I know it's got to be all over TikTok because I am not a TikTok person. Um, Everybody uh, in my, like, that sense, I got a bunch of people in my inner circle who pick on me saying, you know, calling me old man because I don't get on TikTok that much. They're like, did you not check the TikTok I sent you? So the only time I ever get on there is when someone sends me a TikTok. I never get on there salting out anything or just a scroll. And uh, and I've seen, and even me, who's not a TikTok user, has uh, definitely noticed a trend of like, oh, yeah, I've definitely heard these songs on TikTok. So uh, I just say that to say she, um, all over TikTok, and, uh, and again, um, I guess I'm going all around my ass to get to my elbows here. I was very, very pleased with the music, and I could definitely uh, salt that out. I thought it was very pleasing music. It was like yeah. um, I was in a car. I was driving, um, went to pick up some groceries while I was listening to her, and, uh, and I really, really, really dig the, the, that vibe. And I hate saying that word, but we've talked yeah. about it here before. Hey, but I, I, there's no other words around it. I really dig that vibe. And, um, you know, I'll say it. I, I, hell, I'll, I'll be the person here to say it. Um, you know, you, I, this isn't really, I don't think this is very controversial. Uh, I didn't have a good feeling going in because uh, I did see her in the headlines and uh, it was about her shaving her head and eyebrows and some, saying something along the lines that she hates her pubic hair and would <laughs> pull it out. And yeah. so I'm going in like, ah, oh, man, this person's kind of weird. Uh, you know, uh, I had my preconceived notions about it. Like, ah, she's she's out there. Um, you know, you can believe in or say and all that stuff. But, hey, keep some of that out of the headlines, lady. But, um, you know, and I, I guess she's 20-something, so... Um, this, that's just the way it is. Young artists, uh, these days, but very, very, very pleased. I can definitely, uh, say, uh, with a shot, with all confidence that I will be listening to Doja Cat again. Now I'm not going and downloading all our music tonight or anything like that. It's, it's nothing like that. But, um, if, uh, Matthew tells me in a couple months on here, Hey, Doja Cat has a new album coming out on yeah. Friday. Um, I promise you, I will be listening to it uh, Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So there's my analysis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I second that. Yeah, um, yeah, very surprised. I said uh, pleasantly surprised our music was. Uh, I guess I used the word accessible earlier. Sure. It was. Um, like I said, it was just kind of uh, easy to kind of listen to and get into. Yeah. Um, I guess I just didn't listen to it enough. Right. But yeah, there's definitely songs that, like you know, just a couple I heard. That, okay, I could probably uh, re-listen to that. Yeah. And get into it. For sure. Um, yeah, so again, Doja Cat, um, one of the ones that I honestly didn't think we were going to like get anything out of. Like I said, this really didn't matter. Our, our listen and shocked. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was definitely like surprised that um, I'll you know I'll uh, listen to her again sometime. We we you gave me this homework a week ago from the day and uh, or uh, whenever it was and I guess a week ago and uh, this is the hardest one uh, that I've had to make myself listen to. Even like Future or whatever, there came a point during the week where it's like, okay, let's go ahead and do this. And with Doja Cat, maybe it's because I mentioned earlier the recent headlines and everything. I'm just like, oh, man, I really, really don't have no desire at all. I had to force myself to do it. And glad I did, you know. But that's the cool thing about music, right? Yep, definitely. That's uh, yes, a cool thing about music that, especially if you approach it, approach it with an open mind. Yeah. That, 
Um, some of it is you know, can be easy or easier to get into. For sure. Um, yeah, so like I said, uh, both of us pleasantly surprised. Um, so, yeah, we'll take that and um, keep on listening. We'll do it. Moving on to why we're here today. We're here. Uh, we're here for Christopher John Boyle. Uh, which, uh, born July 20th, 1964, um, same year my mom was born. That's the reason why I've always known, uh, his, his age, but, um, your your mom was born. Yep. My mom, God rest her soul. She was born the same year, um, as Mr. Bull, which, um, you know, I think everyone knows him as Chris Cornell. I'll get past that. He, uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, that was his birth name. Uh, I want to say with him. And I and I don't have my fat. He's one of those that I just uh, obviously know a lot about uh, on the on the home front because I'm a huge fan. He took his mother's maiden name, uh, him and his siblings, like in his teenage years after his parents divorced. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he is uh, well. We'll get into everything. I'll just say this about him. I, you know, just a little context. If there's one person out there listening who's uh, like, all right, let me see who this Chris Cornell fellow is. Um, his story's a little different than a lot of times. A lot of people's, um, especially at that age, you know, you'll see the ones who run away from home, tough life, this and that. You know, Chris Cornell grew up, uh, dad was a pharmacist. Um, mom, what did his mom do? Uh, his mom did uh, something like a good job. They both had good jobs. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had the luxury. His mom put him, and this is one thing he bragged about in his life that he was very appreciative of. His mom put him into guitar and piano lessons at a very young age. Um, so uh, Cornell was very, very uh, schooled on music at a young age. You know, uh, his first concert, so to speak, uh, he was in elementary school in front of his elementary school uh, playing. What was the song? It was uh, one of the anti-war songs at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but no, uh, this one's I, I, I have not looked forward to an episode like this uh, since our very first one, I think, um, mm-hmm. because. Obviously, uh, you know, I know what Cornell means to me, but I, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts and, and stuff. But, uh, you know, where do you want to go with it first? Yeah, well, I guess I'll uh, do do like I did with Doja. Okay. I'll uh, stick, I'll uh, read, read off, sorry, I'm making a noise. I will um, read off a little bit about him. Okay. Um, so, again, you, you mentioned his, his real name, born in Seattle, and like I said, 64. Um passed away in 2017 in detroit may 18th yep may 18th um so uh, again so he was an american singer and musician um best known as lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for Soundgarden and audio slave yep um also he had a solo career he was also co-founder or it says founder on wikipedia uh for temporal of the dog mm-hmm. which was uh, a tribute band to his uh i guess to andrew wood mm-hmm. um and let me read off a little bit of his accolades here. He um, sold 14, 14.8 million albums. He 8.8 million digital songs. I guess a song sold. I guess um, three three million on demand audio streams in the U.S. alone. I guess mm. I guess it's a, a Spotify stats there. I guess right. Um, nominated for eighteen Grammys, winning three. Um, whole lot of lists as far as all-time great vocalists and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, this was uh, the life of Chris Cornell. All right, so um, so I guess I'll start as far as, so again, Chris Cornell, 
Um, he's an artist that I would say most people, and and this is uh, no stretch, uh, that he was, um, most people at least heard of uh, Black Hole Sun. If they know any song by Chris Cornell, that was, well, I know the sound guard is biggest for sure. Um, and probably the biggest thing he's ever done solo too. So I would say, um, so, so yeah, so he would, he, uh, Black Hole Sun, I guess, because that was on like Guitar Hero and uh, everywhere. The crazy music video um, and everything like that. Isn't it funny when you say that, like how we're talking about someone's body of work and everything, and, and you're exactly right, but in this day and age where you're like, we're like, you might know it from Guitar Hero, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, um, and you're right. You're exactly right. I mean, I don't, that's not a knock. You're exactly right. Well, yeah, that and because that, no, that was, um, I guess that was an early 90s song. Um, still in MTV because the music video was right. kind of out there. Um, but yeah, well, because I'm trying to think back as far as when I first heard, heard that song, it had to have been something similar to that. You know, black, it had to have been one of those video games, um, right. which is, um, I guess which is odd. I guess how people discover artists because, sure. like I said, we were taught Doja Cat and how. I mean, two of her songs that we we didn't even know the name of were you know on TikTok all over the place. So, you know, you cannot not know the song. Right. Um, I'm assuming my mom would have heard heard them. You know, potentially. You know, she's not on TikTok at all or Instagram. Um. So as far as um, you know, that that that, that concern that's um interesting but yeah so chris cornell um and i'm not gonna not gonna speak for you but i think it's the same where um he's someone that obviously i'm a huge fan of but i was never a fan of soundgarden and if you would have asked me because i got into chris cornell i guess later in life as a i guess like a i guess uh i don't know like a later teenager yeah. you're 17 18 right. and, and into my 20s right so uh but before then, I was into like rock and grunge and stuff. So I obviously knew his Soundgarden, knew Chris Cornell. Um, and if you probably would have asked me like who is the best singer, then I probably would have said like I guess Lane Staley, I guess out of those grunge groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into Chris Cornell, obviously the solo stuff, and um, even Audio Slave to a degree, um, that's when he you know he just kind of took over as far as like he's. As far as vocalist of that group, he's obviously, I would say, the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because um, uh, there's, if you ask, uh, which I think anybody who's a fan of, I- I'll say this. My best selling point to you listening right now who uh, who maybe haven't ever deep dived into Cornell or maybe not a fan yet, uh, maybe just learning about him, um, or maybe you've heard of him, but you've never went in that road of listening to his music. His peers, I'm talking about, uh, you know, I want to say Alice Cooper said it, but uh, you got Ronnie James D. A bunch of the uh, some of your favorite artists uh, called him the voice. Um, yeah. You know, insinuating that he is the uh, best singer uh, in, in you know that there are that there is. Excuse me. Um, I know, depending on what I guess outlet you look at, there's some of who's got him as the greatest rock singer of all time, greatest singer of all time. Uh, you know, he's always in the top ten, but. Um, uh, you know, so my best selling point would be he's called the voice by his peers, some of the greatest musicians of all time. Now, I'm kind of like you, Matthew. I, uh, difference is I did like Soundgarden. Um, you know, funny story about this, the uh, unknown album, super unknown album, uh, which was w- one of the I had that CD as a kid. Um, 
It uh, is called Super Unknown, which I've always liked that title, but it was kind of by mistake. Um, not really, but I guess what I'm saying is he saw that on something, Super Unknown, and said, oh, that's a cool title. I'm going to go with it. But he actually didn't see Super Unknown. Uh, the, oh. Whatever he saw said Super Clown. Um, and, and he, and he didn't read it right. So he thought it said super unknown. He's like, Oh, that's a cool title. I'm going to use that for an album. Um, so that's completely irrelevant, but, uh, I guess being a Cornell fan, I have some of these little random things, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but no, one thing I'll say, so I was a Soundgarden fan, but, and, and I'm not, uh, uh, I love women. Uh, you know, (laughs) let me start with that. So I want to. I just want to preface everything by saying that I do love women. That is, uh, I don't have no need for anything else. Um, and personally, and if you do, that's great. Uh, but I'll never forget the first time he came out with his solo stuff. And I want to say it was like 99 when uh, he came out with uh, his first big solo hit by himself was uh, Can't Change Me. And uh, I remember seeing that video and being like, holy crap, uh, th- that's that's Chris Cornell. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm used to the jean shorts and the uh, trash dash, yeah, the, the the long, long, uh, you know, nappy hair, and uh, just kind of looked. Uh, he looked like a grunge guy, of course. Uh, that's what he was. Uh, but I'm used to that, and all of a sudden, you see this guy and this uh, little wife beater. Uh, he got his hair short. He's really groomed up his mustache, which he was really known for that little pencil mustache, which looks weird on anyone else besides him and. Um, uh, what's the Adams Family dad's name? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think they're the only two people who could pull that off, and uh, of course he did. But I remember seeing that video. I love the song at the time, Can't Change Me, and uh, and thinking, holy crap, man. Uh, for whatever it is, and, and I don't think that's a, a gay thing, and I, I, you know, and I mean that with all respect. I don't think that's a gay thing. I think every one of us um, have like a, uh, he, a celebrity, uh, whether it be an artist or a, uh, a sports figure or whatever it might be, that we're like, holy crap, like you are just gravitate towards that person. Like uh, looks, uh, uh, talent, you know, everything. And for a guy like him who had the looks and, of course, he had the talent, like that's what puts you there listening to him. Uh, it changes the game, man. It's just kind of like you, I'm so drawn to him at that point. And that was, again, as a Soundgarden fan, but I, I'm a Soundgarden fan, but uh, Soundgarden's one of those groups, and I don't want to kick them today. Soundgarden's one of those groups. I love Soundgarden songs, but uh, if I don't like the song, I hate the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, I, there's a reason, like, for example, Tool, uh, the band Tool. I've never been a big Tool fan. Now, there are some songs that I do like by Tool, but uh, a handful of songs. But I, I hate the way their songs are structured. Like, the drums just drive me crazy in the, uh, the Tool band because I'm always thinking, oh, if they would just keep it simple, this song would kick ass. But they never did. Um, and I think with Soundgarden, a lot of their songs uh, that I didn't like uh, were kind of like that. It's just a little bit too complex, and it could be cooler. But uh, So I was a fan of Soundgarden. But I really got on the Chris Cornell train, and I want to say it was 99 when uh, I think that's the year that came out. I should know that, but... Um, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but that's when I became a Cornell guy, and uh, you know, and in my opinion, he has won. I, I I wish I know you know I know this is all hindsight. I wish we could have saw the man on into his 60s and 70s, um, because he is one of those rare talents that I feel like Cornell was the best Cornell. Uh, when he passed away, uh, you know, five, six years ago, whenever it was now. I feel like four, five, six. I feel like he was the best version of himself 
uh, that there were that there was. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um, I think that as far as vocally, mm-hmm. um, he was well. I would say I would say most singers sound better when they're younger, just because you know their their voice that full power. Right. But um, there was something to his voice. I guess it, he probably just became a good better singer over time too. Sure. Especially you know doing the solo stuff that um, the older he, the older he got and the more like I guess the more solo stuff, the more singer songwriter acoustic stuff. Um, you know his voice was built for that sort of music, and um, obviously he, he played rock and. I guess pop too. He put what's, yeah. that, what's that scream? Was that the end? Him and Timbaland. Yeah, him and Timbaland uh, with that album. Uh, was it? Was that called Scream? I that think. album. So Scream. I think or, the Scream was the album. No, I don't know that the album was Scream. Scream was a song that I want to the say they did a rap and a rock version. Maybe. Yeah. I, well, I can't remember. Your your Scream is right there in it. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. So well, because I know because he did uh, collaborate with Timbaland, which yeah. um, I don't think a lot of the rock community liked, but. He's, you know, he still um, pulled it off. But I think Prime Cornell for me was definitely, like I said, this, um, the older he got, and yeah, just more of, more of, of uh, I guess, the he started playing the music that he probably could have been playing the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Um, I said more acoustic stuff because he, because um, I guess his peak fame was was probably still, I guess, like, well, I don't know if he even, it, it might have been after Soundgarden, you think, because you're trying to figure out his peak fame because, Whenever he went back, started and went back to Soundgarden and kind of started playing with them again, um, they were bigger because because he you know he went off and did his own thing and was big on his own. It's tough because I do think uh, if uh, it could have been right at the end of song, I, I I really don't know. I know like Super Unknown. I, I want to say that was their fourth out. Uh, was it their fourth? No, it wasn't their fourth. Um, that was right there, right there at the end of their nineties uh, run. But I do know that it debuted at number one on the top 100. Um, so they were obviously uh, there. But uh, but you might be onto something. As far as Cornell, um, you know, of course, yeah. you know, we're talking about his name, Chris Cornell. I think you might be onto something that it was a little bit post uh, Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, I would just say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you this too, Matthew. I know. Um, that's when I became a fan of his in 99, like a, like a really good fan of his, a uh, big fan of his. But um, it wasn't even then yet. I'm kind of like you. It was even later, even though I can say I've been a fan for over 20 years. It was still later than that before, like, he really, really, really got me. Because uh, I can tell you this. I remember when uh, he joined Audio Slave, not being that excited. because and, and I am a fan of Rage Against Machine as well. Um, but there was still, uh, I felt like it wasn't right for him. Yeah. Um, now I was ultimately wrong because I end up liking Audio Slave, uh, so I will bite the bullet and say I was wrong there. But um, I wasn't even that excited yet. But one cool thing about that, and I guess backtracking, and I'm, we're probably going to be all over the place with this because one, I'm excited for it, and B, I don't know where to go with it besides just throwing everything that you know we're talking about. Um, one interesting thing, and here's another reason why I love Cornell. Cornell is one of the best songwriters. Uh, of all time and I think that gets lost a lot even when people who appreciate his voice and uh, and his talent they don't understand how good a songwriter he is uh, you know he's a huge Beatles guy and he might have been one of the ba- the biggest Beatles fans who ever lived uh, I think the story goes uh, as a kid one of his neighbors he found like a ton of Beatles albums in uh, in their house or attic or basement or something and um, and apparently he spent like two years just listening and listening and listening so and of course 
whether you like the Beatles or not, uh, everyone who's listening to this can agree that you know we're talking about some of the most talented, uh, the talented groups of all time. So it's a very good playbook for a, a songwriter. Uh, but that's what kind of got him into that, and uh, and they become one of the greatest songwriters. And I say that because when he joined Audio Slave, um, they wrote 21 songs in 19 days, and they've got some damn good songs. Um, yeah. and, and and I guess I'm always fascinated by that because you think uh, we 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 hear these songs, we fall in love with these songs, and, and in my mind I'm thinking, oh man, it must have took some time to master this song or that song or whatever. Uh, so I usually get fascinated when I hear someone say, no, uh, I wrote that one in 10 minutes or, you know, whatever it might be. But um, when I found out that they did 21 songs in 19 days, I, I was kind of blown away by that. Especially he's got some very complex songs, very folky. Uh, when Chris Cornell writes a song, especially in the last uh, decade or two of his life, uh, more uh, more complex and more indie folky type of music. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um which um, I would say, I guess for me, whenever I could be, really became a fan, I said it had to have been um, after Soundgarden. He was after Soundgarden, after Audio Slave, mm-hmm. he was doing his solo stuff, right. and that's when he. Uh, I guess I gave him more of a listen because yeah. I said because um, I, I tried to listen to Soundgarden a little bit, and they were always, like I said, my least favorite of the grunge groups. I mean, you know, well, no, I, I guess I like them better than. Um, I'm blanking on the name of uh, that one group now. Which one? Um, the one that sings. Uh, uh, damn it! I can't think of. It. I'll think of it. I'll think of it in a second. I like. I, I liked Allison Chains. I liked Nirvana. Um, what's the big one? What's this? this? Pearl Jam. Yeah, I hate a Pearl Jam. I don't. Really? Still, I still don't like Pearl Jam. No, I hate a Pearl Jam. No, not hate, but just dislike. Like, I don't. I don't like saying hate. Um, I just dislike them a lot. Matthew hates Pearl Jam. <laughs> no, I can't say I hate them, but I do dislike them. Um, yeah. But I you guess appreciate them. Well, and I know they're a big, you know, they're a big grunge group and stuff. But um, they don't do n- No, definitely not. Okay. No. Um, but I did like Soundgarden a little bit. Um, I, I guess there were Spoon Man and, of course, Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, There's quite a few, and I'll we'll get in that in a few minutes when we, we do a little list that we got prepared. Well, yeah, it's, it's, well, cause, um, but I know yours probably going to be a lot of solo stuff. Well, yeah, it's all solo stuff okay. because uh, well, cause he was one of those artists, too, that he was able to cover anybody. I, yes. I think because on – the notebook the not the movie the notebook the, his album called the notebook mm-hmm. um it was just solo shows he would go and play yeah. pretty much by himself and there's like i don't know how many songs were on the album like 20 or so live performances i would yeah. i would guess to say yeah and maybe a quarter of them i guess were like covers of you yeah. know beatles songs or um of course like odds and ends here and there which we'll get to later um do you think he was the best uh, uh do you think he was the best cover? Uh, I know that I know that that's broad, man. I, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, uh... Uh, he to, uh, let, let me let me backtrack and rephrase that. He is my favorite uh, artist uh, to cover songs. Uh, is that the best way to word it? Um, I loved hearing him cover songs more than any other artist ever because you know a lot of times, and obviously there's a lot of great ones out there, and they all do great jobs. He never did it the way it's done. He always put his own twist on it to put a lot of soul. It could be like the 
the heaviest of heavy or whatever. He put so much soul in. You're like, holy shit! I didn't even know that song could be, you know, done and make me feel that way. As uh, you know, I mean, how many people can do? The guy, and I guess this goes back to his his ability. He he says he just woke up one day and said, hey, I'm gonna cover one by you two. And uh, put it with it was it one by you two and put it the music of one by Metallica. Well, was that right? Well, vocals of one by Metallica, right? Music by one of you two. Okay, that's what um, it which uh, I'll tell that story later. Okay, but um, but yes, so like I said, as far as what you're saying, um, I'll say the only other per- only other group I liked hearing cover songs a lot okay. was um, well, it is. Still Panther, honestly, because mm. uh, they well, because well, most groups obviously when they're starting, they uh, you know they cover they cover songs, you know, right. which is you know a common you know young band thing to do. Sure. Um, but Still Panther, I guess they were very notorious for you know covering these songs and uh, having celebrities on stage, you know, playing these '80s songs, and um, that's kind of how they got famous. Ultimately, was that their gimmick? You know, the kind of the whole stick. That they had then and still do, but uh, I do like hearing them cover songs a lot. Um, yeah. But but as far as yeah, Chris Cornell was all was up there too, just because he, um, they said just what he could do to a song, just you know, very limited instruments and just just him and the guitar, right. something you know at the most. And um, yeah, it just uh, yeah, he, he just uh, his voice was a weapon. Yeah, his voice was uh, just a weapon. Um, yeah, so Chris Cornell, like I said, he's definitely one of our favorite vocalists. He's probably not my like favorite. I guess that might be. I don't know if we've done our top singers. We might have, but he would definitely be top ten, yeah. if not top five. Sure. I think um, there's probably still a couple. I know. Well, Freddie will be above him. Oh. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, kind of a simple, easy, easy guess there, but. Uh, but uh, as far as yeah, Freddie's the only one I know I would obviously put ahead of him. I guess I have to put more thought into it. But he would definitely be—he's um, definitely up there. Like I say, he's definitely, like I mentioned earlier, he's definitely the best vocalist in the grunge era. He was just uh, looking back um, as far as you know the songs that he played, and um, and even with Soundgarden songs like a Rusty Cage. Um, I know it probably got a little bit bigger whenever Johnny Cash covered it. But um, but even with some of those heavier songs, he would obviously still, um, his voice still obviously sounded really good on, like in a coat was it Cochise? I, yeah. Or always, I don't know oh, if it's yeah, I don't even know if, if that's how you pronounce it, but uh, Cochise, or Cochise, what have you, um, is um very heavy song, and he like I say, he still he still uh rocked it out. He still sounded really good. Um, yeah. So uh, well, um, so. Uh, what was that? Where was I going to go with this? I was about to say something, kind of what you're talking about. He, um, gosh knows, I had a point in mind. Uh, I was going to say something along that, those lines. Oh, I know another thing I was going to say. Uh, one thing I, I, I never been able to find on him, and maybe you know this, maybe it's some homework for myself to just, uh, I haven't looked in years, but, you know, he started off in the 80s uh, as a teenager in a cover band with, uh, gosh knows, what's the other member of Soundgarden? Anyways, uh, I forgot what they were called. They were just a cover band. I would love to know what they covered the most. I would assume the Beatles, um, but uh, but you know, of course, then Soundgarden and then Temple of the Doll, like you mentioned. Oh, I know where I was going with this. So you're talking about Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I know there's obviously a, uh, it's one of those things, it's probably, you know, you hear like this in sports where I think a lot of people compared them uh, and made it kind of a rivalry uh, as far as you got two uh, groups, Grunge from Washington, who are kind of going at the same time, both huge. Um, but I think those guys, obviously him and Vetter had a, were both in Temple of the Dogs, so I don't think they saw it that way. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know what I mean? But, uh, but no, and off topic, but kind of going back to Pearl Jam, I, uh, I love Pearl Jam in the 90s. Uh, the album 10 is still one of my favorite albums of all time. It'll go on my top five list every time until the day I die. Uh, unless I hear some really good stuff from now until my last breath. But uh, but Pearl Jam is one of those over the last 22, uh, 23 years. I think, I forgot the name of the last album I bought. I would keep buying albums of theirs, and uh, I guess after that, and they weren't getting any better. They were getting a little bit worse. And I want to say it was Lightyear that was the last one, my last straw. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done buying Pearl Jam albums because I just don't like the direction anymore. Um, but no, that, that's where I was going with that. But I, I think, uh, uh, I, I think they got compared a bunch, but I don't see, uh, it, it's not even a comparison to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, which I would still say, like I said, Soundgarden isn't the best grunge group. Um, I, I would still, well, historically probably Nirvana, personally, uh, Alice in Chains. Um, but, um, but again, like Chris Cornell, um, which goes to show, I guess, how, obviously how talented he was because like i said i i believe and this is i know we're not not alone here that um there's probably more people are just a fan of him yeah. than they are of that group and vice versa so there's probably more Soundgarden fans than chris cornell fans as far as like you know being into one or the other um because like his solo stuff was different i know like his last album he did um what was it? I know I uh, nearly forgot my broken heart was on there. Higher ground. Yeah, higher ground. Yes, that was like his last uh, album he did. I know uh, after his death, I know his family put out um, uh, like this, like this super, the super greatest hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know because like his family put out like this, like huge. Like uh, compilation, yeah, compilations of everything of yeah. like YouTube like, songs he did only on YouTube, of songs you know obviously he's done live you know and um, so yeah and of course I think all of his solo stuff was on there, um, so he had this huge compilation um, that his family put out after his death, but um, yeah so again I guess this is our one of our first. Uh, one of our first times uh, talking about, I guess, put, devoting a whole episode to an artist instead of a topic, um, as far as like a list, because um, just for me personally, you know, as someone obviously who kind of contributes and comes with ideas, I do like staying away from lists every now and again, just kind of coming up with, you know, uh, you know, bigger, bigger, uh, bigger topics or bigger discussions that can't just be rattled off one by, you know, one, two, three, four. Um, so just talking about one artist that we both you know love me and daniel love a lot um it was a pleasure to talk about because like i said he's an all-timer um in our in our mind and i know because he we were texting yesterday about it because um we, we were talking kind of get ready for the pod and and um i think i i, I text him that that he's that he'll be more loved years from now 
then than he is right now. He um, just because because I think he's one of those artists that's. I'm trying to put out a fire here at the same time. So, so sorry for the pause here. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's an artist that I guess we both feel would be um, will be bigger years from now. I, a song will go viral, or something. You know, a video of him will go up, um, go online, and he'll just like blow up. And like I said, there'll be you know Chris Cornell songs you know all over the place. You know, and because um, I, I think for now. Because I know we were texting about him yesterday. That that's my phone. That uh, that uh, I think I think he did gain some gain some fans after he passed. But uh, as far as um, but ultimately, we both think he'll be bigger years from now. Oh, without it, yeah. For some, you know, for whatever reason, it'll he'll just be bigger then. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think you and I, we, we I think we mentioned that the other day. That was definitely, definitely the case uh, with him. Um, what else did I have, Matthew? I know um, we, we've – I'm trying to think. I, I don't want to miss anything. I want to do him justice. You brought up a song the other day uh, that I hadn't heard in a while. I know that's off topic. But uh, what was the name of the song that you brought up? Is it one I mentioned yesterday? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned oh, yesterday. Well, I'll, I'll get into my list. And, uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it uh, because right. uh, the song will be on mine. Okay. Um, and and I guess I don't I don't hate to say it, but it's um as far as like my because we did we just did four um yeah. among, among you know larger list that I guess I think of these four as maybe not his songs but almost performances almost sure because I would say a lot of them are covers like I said that I just gravitated towards um, I remember watching well the nothing compares to you which is on my list. Uh, you know, his live performance he did on Sirius, um, was on YouTube for, a, well, for a long time before, you know, obviously before he passed. Right. And then, you know, his family put out, put it on social, uh, on an album. Yeah. Um, and I think at one time, I remember watching that video when it was like sub one million views. Mm. And then obviously after he passed, it exploded and everybody was, was reacting to it. So yeah. it's like in the teens of tens of millions of, uh, uh, views now so that's on my list nothing compares to you um a song I, I mentioned yesterday which is one that i think you were alluding to um i was first introduced to this song through a cover that someone else did it was um the artist is uh, puddles pity party which if you know him he was on america's Got talent and he's on um postmodern jukebox um he it's like this it's like six foot seven kind of like i guess the six foot seven clown again he dresses like a clown but he's silent um only until he sings you know he doesn't talk when he's in character until he sings he reminds me of gold dust (laughs) yeah a little bit yeah a a less uh strange version of ghost gold dust um but he did a version of this song and i um and obviously i had to check out check out checked out chris cornell's version which is obviously his version and it was amazing so it was um when i'm down yes yeah when i'm down that was on uh i found uh upon investigating uh euphoria morning um he does that song yeah he does it yeah he does it he did it on his youtube channel um and it's very good it's similar to the version that chris cornell started doing live Mm -hmm. before he before he passed where 
it was uh, Puddles did it um, with an organ and just him singing. Mm-hmm. And then while Chris Cornell was doing it for a little while, um, my favorite performance of it was um, he took the p- the piano part of the original track mm-hmm. and just like put it on it on a on vinyl. Nice. And he would play sing. He would just sing over that piano part live. Um, so I, because listening to the original, which is also very good, um, just hearing his voice kind of more bare bones alone with, you know, without the guitars and the drums and the bass and all that stuff, that song just kind of soars, has a magic to it when he was playing it live. Um, so again, that's also within my top four. I really do love that song a lot. Um, and you mentioned it as far as one of my favorites of his. Well, not well, not his. It's another cover of uh, of one. So again, as I, as we mentioned, one lyrically from Metallica, one from U two musically, um, which is odd because way he way he uh, told it on stage. Because I think there's not many videos videos of him playing it live, like multiple performances. I think there was only at least one. Right. Um, that he did, you know, that he did, um, one, one live. And now it's, I think, I think it was on that compilation his family put out. I'm not sure, but he was telling a story how he kind of wanted to uh, learn the lyrics of one. Um, that's like a new, new song to play live. And, um, he, he pulled up one and the first song he saw was one by three dog night, which is, you know, one is the loneliest number. Um, and then it was, the second most searched lyric song of one was Metallica's one. So he looked at the lyrics and he somehow, like I said, came up with the idea of playing it over different music, which is, uh, which is a feat. Cause that's just, yeah. those songs aren't one, you two, one Metallica are not similar and a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> not many similarities among the two, right. um, which I wasn't actually familiar with the one you two song mm-hmm. um just because i'm another probably similar to pearl jam i don't i don't have as much disdain for you two i just not never got into them never honestly gave them a chance um so that might be an artist to listen to in the future sure. but uh not really a fan of you two but that performance um you know again just Good, huh? just that genius yeah of him combining the two in a way that just um is not usual. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and it, it was you know, obviously sounded great. So uh, nothing compares to you. When I'm down one, and last one, last one not least, probably one of my favorite songs of hearing him um, play live, among other ones, because I know this will be a few we left off here. Was um, off a notebook he did like a stone, mm. and um, obviously just him on on guitar, and. Um, you know, Lock of Stone was probably one of the better Audio Slave songs. Maybe my favorite. I have to you know, think about Audio Slave for a yeah. second, but that's definitely an, at least in the top two or three of Audio Slave songs for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, um, Lock of Stone, especially his performance of it live, you know, because you know, that's a song he's probably played live millions of times, right. you know, hundreds, hundreds of millions, if not um, just, you know, He's played it plenty of times, yeah. and hearing him, hearing that recording of it, obviously live, stripped down, um, obviously it sounds amazing. Um, so that's my four. I know, um, I know there's no Soundgarden on there. Um, 
not a whole lot of original songs on there, honestly, which is, I guess, kind of strange. Oh, a song I did want to shout out because it's definitely, um, this was going to be on my list, but I honestly forgot about it till just now. So probably list of five was um, a personal favorite artist of mine. Um, One of my favorites, I guess one more, a foundational, someone that I got into when I was, you know, I guess one of the first musical artists that, I kind of took in as my own. I was like, okay, this artist is like my thing. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, one of my artists is my thing. No one else is into it. Right. Was, uh, of course, Johnny Cash. And before he passed, he was invited to work on a project um, of, I guess, um, him and the other artists were approached by, you know, the Johnny Cash family. Right. Of, um, I guess, performing these unfinished Johnny Cash songs, poems, kind of you know odds and ends that you know we're just kind of laying around so he did a song uh never really knew my mind which is um it was, i think i think the story goes because there was a video of this of him like talking about it because he like toured johnny cash's house and whatnot um it was an unfinished poem that they had, they had to work into a song because like i said it was a poem right, but right. um you know chris cornell's voice which obviously has all the emotion in the world, you know, that you want in a singer. And obviously Johnny Cash's, you know, brooding, depressing lyrics uh, just fit, you know, match made in heaven. Um, And it's a shame that because he passed away not too too soon, not too late, late after that, uh, that cover he did for that album, because there's no live versions of the song. There's only the studio version. Um so again obviously that's you know never going to see that song live which i would love to hear it stripped down with him yeah. singing it so yes yeah, so that's my five you got any you got any other ones any honorable mentions anything okay no that was my five that was it i i and i i'm i i should do a better job at making notes for the for this pod i i think i, I always there's a part of me always wants to keep it really authentic and and uh, probably not good for podding but uh as far as my thoughts uh, when we do this thing and it usually works out but uh so I got to say that to say a lot of things come to my mind, especially listening to Matthew talk about it as well. Um, one of those things is one reason I think I'm such a huge fan of his is, uh, you know, and and when I was thinking about my all time favorite songs, this is when I really, really hit me, which I uh, there's times and Freddie Mercury is one of the only other ones like this for me where I get really excited uh, listening to his stuff live. Because it's like, oh, there's no way he's going to do that in, this, uh, in the live version. That's only in the studio. But uh, he's one of those rare artists who do things as he would in the studio live. And you're like, man, I did not know he was going to get there when the, with that range uh, uh, in this live performance. So anyways, I just thought I'd throw that out there. And there's plenty of examples. And one of them's going to be in my list here in a second. Um, top songs, No Order. Uh, of course, Black Hole Sun, Soundgarden. Um, that was on Super Unknown. Um, you know, the, I mentioned it went, uh, it charted at number one, it debuted at number one uh, when it came out in, I think, 97, um, 94, 97, I think. Anyways, um, Burden in My Hand, also Soundgarden. Um, that's one I want to say uh, that I, I was thinking about when I was thinking about his live performances. Uh, Blow Up the Outside World, uh, three Soundgarden really fast. Uh, number four, Nearly forgot my broken heart. That came off his last um, uh, album that he did, uh, Living. Um, 94, 94, okay, Super Unknown was 94. Matthew, uh, let me know. So I was three years off there. 
Um, but but uh, never forgot my broken heart. That sometimes uh, that sneaky. I was thinking about this the other day. That sneaky might be my favorite Cornell song. Uh, I guess because I think it's a perfect sound for him. Um, really cool video if you've never seen that. It's got uh, what's the Roberts guy's name? Uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts' brother uh, in the video. Uh, isn't it Julia Roberts' brother? Boy, did she? I thought she was. Wait, what, what's that guy? I don't know. Yeah, I'm well, pretty sure it's her brother. It might be her husband. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I thought it was her husband. Well, we'll have to fact check that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we might have to fact check that. But it's a, it's a pretty uh, neat video. Uh, he's going to his hanging. Um, and uh, But nearly forgot my broken heart. That was off the Higher Truth album. Uh, also off that album, uh, Higher Truth. Uh, very, very catchy song. I love that song. Uh, very pretty uh, written song. Uh, the song that probably uh, started it all for me as far as uh, loving the guy, Can't Change Me. I want to say that was 99, uh, the Euphoria album with Can't Change Me. Could be wrong there. Uh, my, I got two more. I, I couldn't narrow it down to four. Uh, next one, Like a Stone, Audio Slave. Which, what, you, what you got? Well, you can continue to list all of them. Okay, okay. And my last one's a sneaky one. I think I'm the only person in the world that would have this on my list. But a song off his uh, Soundgarden's last album that came out in 2011 uh, is called Bones of Birds. I love that course. So uh, that would definitely be uh, my, my, my list. I couldn't condense it to four, so I had to do eight. Um, so another one of mine that, because again, again, there's so many, and this is one that, um, definitely my favorite, I'm a Daniel Craig, James Bond guy. I can't say a Pierce Brosnan. I honestly never really watched any other James Bond. I, you know, shoot me. Uh, but, uh, so I love Daniel Craig, James Bond and obviously he, got, and it's a James Bond tradition to have, um, you know, a big time artist perform a song, you know, write an original song for the movie. So him, and I want to say the kind of a long time producer who works with those, uh, those movies um wrote uh you, you know my name which is an, a great great chris cornell song um because it's kind of a kind of a big it's not i guess it is rockish but it's definitely more um i guess he can sing anything but it's definitely not his normal style sure. he would play but sure. i liked that he played the song live in mm. concert and stuff so you can find videos of him playing it um so again you know my name is Probably one of my favorite songs from him. I, you know, sad, I'm sad I forgot it because, like I said, it was it, it is amazing. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, as far as that song for that movie, it just works because it was on a Casino Royale. Um, great intro with that song because um, intro of uh, playing cards and stuff. You know, check it out. It's awesome. So yeah, so that's an honorable mention for me. I had to include it. Why does that song to me? Uh, why why do you hear it right away and you think of James Bond? Like, I, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Well, there's a this might be a pretty cool topic for us to maybe investigate beforehand and then bring it to the table. Okay, because there is uh, there is kind of a because it's James Bond among other things is kind of is run by the same family for like all these years mm -hmm. so there is a kind of a science almost to the perfect or J the james bond songs yeah. um they, they all have there's a similar chords and there's all ah. like uh there is things that it's not like interesting you know, yes yeah, so it is like this you know the bones of each song 
do have similar traits in it. Mm -hmm. And that's like, even with like the, the, the Billy Eilish to the last one, it does, uh, they do have some similarities. Very which interesting. Will be, there are videos on it online. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. You hear that song, um, or any, honestly, any of the James Bond songs, it's like, okay, yeah, this is James Bond. And I'm a fan. I've, I know all those movies, all those songs, but like, I guess someone like you, which I would say isn't mm -hmm. necessarily a fan, mm -hmm. Um, you just know, yeah, this is James Bond song, and I've never seen this movie before. Yeah. But I know the song. Yeah, very good point. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good list. I know I, I, I'm i going to feel like this regardless of if this went great or not. I, I don't, I can't feel like I do them justice. I know there's going to be things I'm, I'm after the pod's over that I'm going to be like, damn, I wish I'd have thought about uh, mentioning that. Uh, the guy is special. Um, you know, I don't think we could have done anything to do him justice. Um, just one of those that, uh, it, one thing I, I'm like I appreciate about Matthew is that he appreciates Cornell the same way I do because sometimes you can't put a finger on why someone's so special. Like oh, we talk about that it factor, um, I don't even know what that means. Uh, everybody knows what it is, but nobody can really tell you what it means. It's just a special, special kind of uh, talent. So um, you know, I, I just. I don't know, man. Uh, he was he was great. Um, I really wish and and just a good person, uh, which is something that uh, you know sometimes you don't see that part in music, or sometimes it's not the case. I mean, sometimes uh, some of our heroes, well, they say don't meet your heroes. Sometimes they're not worth meeting. Um, they just do good things as far as uh, uh, musically or athletically or whatever. But I think he was a great guy and had a good life. Just battled depression and uh, and it sucks. I think everybody's dabbled. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. So, uh, you know, that, uh, I'd love to see what the man done later, uh, as he, cause I, I really feel like he was, uh, just getting better and better and hitting his stride. So, um, but nonetheless, um, I, uh, Matthew, I, I was thinking about a topic, um, that, uh, I wanted to run by you. I saw something that, and I know I'll screw it up cause I'm older. Um, I saw something that was kind of popular, um, this week. Uh, the last couple weeks about people music the year you're born okay. um, yeah yeah you know and one thing i wanted to do is uh maybe go down that rabbit hole we both could talk about music the year we were born and uh you know what was big what uh what was going at the time who was the who was the big deal uh i kind of just glimpsed at like uh the year i was born and like the month i was born and stuff and then uh my first thought was damn i'm old <laughs> and then you know uh, my second thought, uh, I started thinking, dang, I didn't realize so-and-so, and I'll keep it at so-and-so right now, was as big at that moment as they were. Um, so I was kind of thinking about that, and I thought that'd be kind of fun, man, uh, you know, to yeah. see, see uh, and, and maybe even see uh, if we name off some of the bigger artists and top songs that you were born, see if there's anything that we actually like from the, our years. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm down with that. That'll be fun. Because okay. um, I know, because that's something that I think that... Um, I've definitely read before, but I definitely don't remember now. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be fun. Right. Um, we can talk about yeah, all the stats of the year I was. We were born. Yeah. Um, ninety-one for me. Uh, nineteen thirty-six for me. <laughs> no, nineteen eighty-five. Eighty-five. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was. Well, I know off off top of my head, that's the first Van Hagar album came out that year. Yeah. Um, ninety-one was was grunge era yeah. among other things for me. So uh, we'll see before we go from there. Okay, and I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I didn't have nothing offhand, but uh, you kind of, I'm going to go with something that you didn't even know you came up with. Uh, but I think homework would be good. You two homework. Yeah, Let's you do too. it. You know, uh, I think, uh, obviously, 
sometimes over the years I've wondered like why they are as big as they are. And, and I know obviously they've been going and for a long time and every so often there'll be a song that I hear from ancient times where uh, I'm like, dang, I didn't realize you two uh, did that song. So I think it'd be good. It'll be kind of fun. Um, so I think that'd be good homework, man. Let's do some U2. Sounds good. Yeah, like I said, that's a group that, um, well, I said you, you, you just know more of, I guess, in general. Um, I think we all have heard of U2. Like I said, yeah, one of those groups that I guess was probably before my, before my time, so this is why. Sure. But, like, yeah, why they big. Right. Like, you know, what was their first song, all this other stuff that would be interesting to kind of look into. For sure. Um, yeah, so as far as, um, so that's our topic yeah. and our thing to listen to. Um, to This is normally the second to the last thing. So yeah. the last thing, I guess, is the cool thing of the week. Sure. Uh, recommendations. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a look and see if there's anything I have, um, most notably. Um let me see here, because I'm still um, looking into it. You, you have anything? Um, so there is one thing I had while you're while you're searching. Um, I did find this band that I found very very unique. Um, band called uh, Madhouse. Um, if you're on Apple or whatever, sometimes I'll miss uh, good music because it won't be listed in the genre I kind of see it in. Like I'm usually searching for rock or glam or you know rock and roll, whatever it might be. Sometimes Andy. Uh, and usually I don't look for metal because, uh, to me, uh, you know, when I think of metal, I don't think of like the eighties hair metal. I, I think of like the Slayer, uh, type of deal. Mm-hmm. But so sometimes genre uh, song or groups will be listed in metal and I'll kind of skim past them. Um, and then every once in a while I'll just check it out and realize it's more of the hair metal that I'm looking for. But anyways, nonetheless, group called Madhouse, uh, very, very uh, good. They put out an album, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And uh, they're worth a listen. They're pretty talented. So I would tell you to listen. Okay. And uh, I'm interested to check them out because they're a little bit older, I think. Um, so they, they might have a history, uh, you know, in, in other bands. Uh, I know they did form uh, because they were all, all their groups were playing out of place. And uh, they, uh, like, messed around that night and played together some or something like that. It was something along those lines. They kind of bonded. Uh, so I know they formed in 2017, but I don't know their history before that. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to look that up, but yes, Madhouse. And what you got for me? Yes, there's a, a couple. Um, yes, there's a couple. So the, um, the midnight released a new song leading Ooh. up to their, uh, new album. It's called Brooklyn Friday Love. Okay. Um, pretty good. Obviously another, um, this one isn't as synth wavy, but it's still their, their style of music is still uh, poppy. This is a uh, very good, um, I did mention this group ages ago now, um, Vipera, V-Y-P-E-R-A, young, another Scandinavian hair metal group. Um, they have a piano version of, of one of their songs, Standing on the Edge, which is very good. Um, and Billy Eilish released two new acoustic songs, nice. um, TV and the 30th. Um, not my favorite songs because there's some songs of hers that are, well, the more acoustic based stuff is just very depressing. Mm. And which I do normally like that stuff, but um, these aren't as musical, I would mm. say. It's not as like melodic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, still, still pretty, still very good for her. So yeah, check those out. And, uh, so yeah, so that's our uh, that's our pod.
All right, guys. We'll tune in next time. Appreciate you listening. Love you guys. Peace. See you.